Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the Thursday edition of the Stochastic NHL Strategy Show. I am your host, Josh Harris. Joining me on this it's pretty dreary outside. I don't know what the weather like is by you. We're kind of we're on the same coast, obviously. You're a wee bit north, um, but uh, yeah, it's kind of dreary. It's cold. It's rainy. How are you doing today? <laughs> uh, doing well. Yeah, it's it's uh, been snowing or freezing rain here for like a week, which is kind of nice in a sense because I think we had one snowstorm from november through early january which is unusual here so nice to get a bit of snow on the ground get some rinks backyard rinks going but we're not here to talk about the weather we're here to talk dfs and before we do that let's talk about last night because our very own mr harris uh put together a winning lineup in the 333 for 20k uh over on DraftKings, and he did so sitting in a movie theater waiting for the new avatar to start um, I guess that just goes to show the tools can be helpful when you're running a single lineup and you got to get, uh, you got to get your lineups in there. So congrats to you first and foremost, and why don't you tell us about it? I think the bigger feat here is making it through Avatar. <laughs> that movie was three weeks long. <laughs> it was actually pretty good. No reason for it to be three and a half hours long, but yeah, I was sitting in the movie theater waiting for it to start. We got there a little early. Decided to build a lineup. I talked a little bit about it, a little bit more than a little bit in the Discord about my process and all that. Um, We don't really have time today to get into that full deal, but maybe on a shorter slate we can. Also, our boss, Jay Carey, won the five last night, 150 max. We are different types of players. He's a 150 max player. I'm a single entry player. Not comparable. And now I'm turning colors. That's interesting. Yeah, remember when you turned green last year? Now I'm turning blue. Uh, you're purple on my screen. Yeah. Like uh, like 1980s Los Angeles Kings purple. I guess that'd be yeah. Los Angeles Lakers purple, but. Not exactly sure what's going on there. I did not do anything, but. Um... Um, yeah, me neither. Um, I, I don't know. You can jump out and jump back in and I can get it started real quick if you want to try. Can you handle this? All right, hold on. I'll be right back. Yeah. Uh, so Josh is going to try to figure out uh, his uh, purple eater problem. Um, just want to mention to everybody that we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Uh, we do have a special little giveaway uh, through Prize Picks. We'll talk. Josh will talk about a little bit later in the show. Uh, please give us a like and a subscribe while you're here if you haven't done so already. Um, we have 
we have Josh back and we also have uh, over 40 people in the chat. So if you could just throw us a thumbs up, click that like button, click the subscribe button, click the notification bell. So you do get alerts whenever we do go live. And don't forget that if you can't catch this show or any other show besides the live before locks, uh, they're posted to uh, the platform of your choice in podcast form. So if you're on the go somewhere, can't watch us, uh, just fire up. Um, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you use, uh, and you can check us out there. You can even listen to us at one and a half X, uh, like some a lot of people do apparently, which um, makes me want to talk a little bit slower. But Josh is back here, so welcome back. Um, we should probably get right into these games because we got thirteen of them to talk about. Yeah, just quick programming note. Um, as you know, we didn't have a show yesterday. We will be doing shows for game for slates with six games or more now. Uh, can't state how important it is to smash that like button, subscribe, like the show, share it with your friends, your cousins, your nephews, your uncles, your former roommates. It helps us bring you these free shows. Um, another quick note, what I was saying about Jake, 150 max and me single entry, 150 max is a skill. Don't think that with 150 lineups, you can just click optimize and you're going to win. Uh, it is to be good at it, you have to be skillful with an optimizer. You just can't click optimize and do it, which is why we have all, why we promote all these tools. Like, there's no secret formula that we use. You know, what I mean, there's not like a, uh, I don't know, like a robot clicking software or something like that. We use the tools that we, you know, when we build the lineup, we use the lineup builder, the projections, the top stacks. Those are the tools that we use. There's no nothing secret here. Jake's spitting lies in the chat. Not true. Anyone can win with 150. Yeah, you can cash one on 150 for min cash and you'll, you know, have $8 a sweet, sweet profit. But um, yeah, winning a GPP 150 max, not as easy as it sounds. But yeah, all the tools that we show off on the site are the tools that we use. There's nothing, you know, behind the curtain. This isn't the Wizard of Oz. Uh, we try to be as, um, what's the word? Get the word we're, we're we're forthright with everything yeah. we do we use the tools that we that we offer on the site uh we use the lineup builder uh we use the plays that we use like if anybody reads my articles um and then looks at my single lineup that night you'll probably see anywhere from like two to six players from my article in my single entry lineup we play the guys that we play and we use the tools that we offer that's it's pretty it's just that simple transparency thank you vots that's why vots writes the articles and i'm just the the guy pulling the strings over here but uh yeah, looked like I was milking a cow. I have nipples, Greg. Could you milk me? Anyway, let's get into the slate. <laughs> yes, please start. <laughs> um, yeah, 13-game slate. Looking through this slate, there are only a few expensive spots, so there's going to be a lot of like these mid-range like builds on DraftKings with like $17,000, $18,000 uh, lines, and that's why you see some, some really heavy ownership on, on these certain lines, which we'll get to. So spending up on, you know, there are, I think there's like three or four lines above 20,000 tonight and that's it. So, and they're all with positive leverage. So maybe, you know, spending up in those spots could be a way to get unique tonight, but let's, let's start to break it down for whew, not a breath. First game of the night, the Winnipeg Jets with a 2.7 total heading into Toronto. The Maple Leafs have a 3.3 total. Connor Hellebuck, Ilya Samsonov are confirmed. Rick Bownis. Going full galaxy brain after losing to the Habs. Pierre-Luc Dubois is with Kyle Connor and Blake Wheeler. Mark Shifley is with Nikolai Ehlers and Morgan Barron. 
Cole Perfidi down on the third line. Now, with that, with those two lines, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on who do you think the Matthews line is going to go out against because I kind of have some interest in that line because the Tavares Marner Yonkrock line has been very, very good defensively. Now, the Matthews line isn't awful defensively, but they're pretty high event. And as we've stated ad nauseum on this show, the Toronto issue has been in net. Their goaltending has been very up and down this season. So, um, yeah. And then you see on the Leafs side, not too much ownership for even a really big slate on the Leafs here. But going into Connor Hellebuck, not exactly ideal. But I think, you know, as it stands, Toronto won's my favorite line on the slate. I will say, before I kick it to you, the flowchart has been firing on all cylinders. And this would be a perceived tough matchup. So, I guess the flowchart says play Winnipeg. Yeah, I, I don't know. What I'm, I'm going to do is I looked to last year because Winnipeg was in Toronto in March last year, and they had a, a, a lineup somewhat similar to this. Um, Pierre-Luc Dubois and Blake Wheeler were playing with Zach Sanford, not Kyle Connor. Obviously, that's a pretty big difference. Um, and then uh, Mark Scheifele was playing with Paul Stasny and Nikolai Ehlers. So you had Wheeler and Dubois on one line, and you had Ehlers and Scheifele on another. And Tavares, or Math, sorry, Matthews went out uh, against the Ehlers and Scheifele line. Um, now, like I said, Kyle Connor makes a pretty big difference <laughs> instead of uh, having Zach Sanford there. So maybe they do go in that direction. But I assume it's going to be Scheifele because – um, unless you're basically Alex Ovechkin, teams like to match up against the best center from the other team. Um, and that would be Shifley over a PLD. I, I mean, you know, make make whatever arguments you want for either player. But I think most NHL coaches uh, would look at Shifley as the team's top center. So I assume it's going to be Matthews against Shifley uh, and then Tavares um, against the PLD line. I'm going to be honest. I had a little bit of interest in Ehlers, Connor, and PLD, Pierre-Luc Dubois. Um, now that these lines are broken up, I have no interest in either Winnipeg line, really. Like, Morgan Barron is the definition. Of, like, think of it, of Evgeny Svechnikov on the second line for, for Winnipeg last year. He was there for, like, half the season and had, like, four points. Like, it, it, he's literally just a guy. And um, – the Winnipeg coach Rick Bonus said specifically to that the lines might change pretty quickly into the game. So who knows what the Winnipeg lines are going to look like, you know, in the third period, let alone, you know, the end of the first or early in the second or something like that. So I'm out on Winnipeg uh, for Toronto. Like the top line really hasn't been playing that well. It was something we mentioned on the last show. Like I know William, William Nylander, I think had two goals and an assist in the last game or something like that. That'll happen because these guys are really so talented. But on a slate with 26 teams on it, this line, 3.2 expected goals for, 2.5 expected goals for in nearly 100 minutes since Christmas. Um, that's really not that great. Michael Bunting, now that he's lost his top power play role and losing all those minutes, he only has nine shots in his last five games. Like, And you have Connor Hellebach in net. And it's a bad power play spot because Winnipeg doesn't take very many penalties. They're one of the five or six lowest penalized teams in the league. And they have a very good penalty kill. And again, they have Connor Hellebuck in net. Um, I'm going to be honest. I don't have a lot of interest in stacking either side here. Yeah. I mean, that's certainly, certainly a route you can go here. Like Leafs total 3.3 is low for them. Uh, Matthews is having a good season 
for a top line center, but it's not a good season for Matthews. I would say, like that, like they should put Marner back with Matthews, and that line cooks. But you know, it is what it is. Rick Bounis is also a clown, but I, I feel like Ehlers will be back with Dubois and Connor at some point during the game. It's just hard to, you know, put over $20,000 together on DraftKings and hope that happens in a 2.7 total. You know what I mean? So, yeah, there are better spots on both sides. Let's move on to the next one. Florida Panthers with a 3.8 total heading into Montreal. The Canadians have a 2.7 total. Sergei Bobrovsky and Samuel Dikembe Montembeau are confirmed. Montreal still rolling with those weird old lines, but it could be 11-7, could be 12-6. You know, the one thing I think Matheson's back on power play one, um, which is nice. You see really heavy ownership on this Florida second line in the lineup builder. It's the Barkov line. Uh, over 17%. Like, I guess that's fine because you get, you know, two of the guys on the top power play unit, and this is a very good power play spot. But as we've talked about, ad nauseum, Bennett, Verhage, Gachuk at five on five have been ridiculously good. And with Doc not on the line with Suzuki and Caulfield, there isn't any resistance defensively for this team. So if I'm going to go to the uh, Florida Panthers line, which I very well may be because it's a 3.8 total and it's an excellent spot, I'm going to the lower ownership here just because better line five on five. You still get Kachuk on the power play, who's always involved on the power play. Bennett and Kachuk have ridiculous numbers together. Throwing for Hagee, they just have – they're one of the best five on five lines in the league. Like if they started shooting a little bit better than league average, they would be chalk tonight for sure. On the Montreal side, Panthers are pretty leaky, so I think you can, you know, get to, you know, some of these power play guys. Cole Caulfield, one-off, always in play. Yeah, I I wrote up Florida to the Florida second line, the Kachuk-Bennett-Verhage um, line uh, in the picks article, free to read for anybody to uh, head on over to stochastic.com and check out um, what we have up there. Um one of the things that I mentioned and specifically talking about that line and Matthew Kachuk is how much ownership is coming in on here. Like that's one thing that you talked about, but this line with the Kachuk line has been so good, right? 4.3 expected goals for 3.9 actual goals per 60 minutes, five on five. Those are just great offensive numbers controlling over 61% of the expected goal share. Like they're just running over the opposition. The one thing that kind of works against them here is this is Kirby doc has been largely moved away from the Caulfield Suzuki line. Um, he's been playing with Mike Hoffman down on that second line. Kirby Docs easily been the, their best defensive forward this year. So he brings a bit much better defensive presence to that second line. And him and Hoffman, considering how bad this team is, they're when those two are on the ice together, they're break even by expected goal share. Like in a nutshell, that's not great, considering that they're playing for the Montreal Canadiens with the way this team is playing this year. That's excellent. Um, so it's a bit of a tougher matchup for that floor matchup for the Florida second line. But like we we just saw them roll over Toronto, right? Like they've been just, just demolishing the opposition. So I really do like Florida two here, but the Florida top line I think is in the better quote spot. Like Caulfield and Suzuki in their last 60 minutes without Kirby Doc, 
beside them, 29% expected goal share. That is, I that's like that would look bad on Anaheim, you know, <laughs> let alone Montreal. It's a, it's uh, like one of the worst numbers you ever seen, not with Tanner Glass on it, you know. Right, sure. and one of the reasons is because um, you know they do try so many different things in the offensive zone. They're prone to turnovers and rush rushes against, and they're not, you know, they're not particularly good defensively. So it's a much better five on five matchup for the Florida top line. I think what I would do, like, I don't even mind um, like taking out Bennett and putting in Barkov instead, and just going like Verhage, Barkov, and Kachuk. Or if you want to just, uh, you know, power play stack with Kachuk, Reinhardt, and Barakoff, I think that's fine as well. Like, there are a bunch of ways to stack this Florida uh, top six, um, especially with Montreal being one of the most penalized teams over the last, like, six, seven weeks. Um, they're one of the five or six most penalized teams in hockey um, over the entire season and over the last six weeks. The penalty kill is still bad. Um, but like you said, on the Montreal side, like, Florida does take a ton of penalties in their own right. Like I think they're only behind um, Arizona in time short. Actually, they're just ahead of Arizona now in time shorthanded per game, the most penalized team in the league. Mike Matheson's back on the top power play unit. You know, Caulfield and Suzuki do play on the power play, but it brings some power play exposure to that second line with Doc. So you can do like a two man of like Doc and Hoffman, um, even though only one of them's on the power play or something like that. So I think it's the power play guys that would focus on either side here. I really do like that Florida line with Kachuk um Bennett and Verhage they've been playing extremely well and I think it's worth stacking the three of them just because Verhage's coming in so much lower owned than the rest of the guys like Kachuk's double digits Barakoff is over 20 percent like Sam Reinhardt is the upper teens and then Verhage's under six percent he's on like a 40 goal pace this season he's an excellent offensive player even if he doesn't get top power play time so I, I stack the Panthers power play guys but I would probably leave Verhage in the build. Yeah. Panthers, interesting chalky spot here. I think I would rather play them than some of the other chalky spots that we have that we'll get to later, which we will mention. But let's get to the next one here with the total trending downward all day. Boston Bruins with a 2.8 total heading into New York. The Rangers also have a 2.8 total. When I was doing the run sheet a few hours ago, this total was 6 now it's turning down to 5.5. Jeremy Swayman, Igor Shesterkin, probable. Bruins are back-to-back on the road. They played last night. They beat the Islanders. Interesting, interestingly enough, Igor Shesterkin, very cheap tonight. Um, I kind of... I don't know. Like, Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Crider's back. But I don't really want to be going up against Bergeron. The, the thing is, like, Swayman has not had a good season. And the Rangers' ownership is pretty low. I'm not saying one to three because I think there are a ton of better spots here. But in MME, getting a little bit over the field doesn't take much on the Rangers here. And this could be a, a nice low-owned spot for them. I, the thing about Swayman is that he has been a lot better of late. His last 10 starts, 923 save percentage, which is a sharp distinction from what he did through the first six weeks of the season. Like, I'm going to save time here. I don't have any interest in either side, like none. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's a terrible matchup for the Rangers. Um, and Boston, um, Boston having Craig Smith on the top line, like um, he's a 9% shooter and he's not even shooting that much of late. Like I think he has four shots in his last four games, despite uh, quite a bit of run um, on the top line here. Um, just really, and um, you know, they're playing back to back. They played yesterday um, against the Islanders. Um so how much ice time they're actually going to get, I think, is a little bit up in the air. Like, you know, if you want to one-off some guys, like I think I would one-off guys from the Rangers side just because the Bruins do take a fair amount of penalties. Um, they're at 3.5 times shorthanded per game. That's, you know, uh, quite a bit above the league average. But both penalty kills have been excellent lately. So both penalty kills have been excellent. The Rangers have been quietly pretty good for several weeks now. Like, I'm going to save time. I just don't have any interest in any forwards here. Yeah, uh, one to three, absolutely not. 20 max, maybe not. But if you get them organically into your lineup through your whatever optimizer, fantasy crunch, or whatever you use, I think I wouldn't, you know, X them out if I was getting 3%. If I was getting like 28%, then I would have some issues with the machine. But yeah, like a one-off Crider is all right, a one-off Panera, something like that. Like, I just don't think I'd full stack anything on either side. Let's get to uh, a stretch of games which are just absolute barn burners and make my brain want to melt. Chicago Blackhawks with a 2.5 total heading into Philadelphia. The Flyers have a 3.6 total. Peter Mrazek, Carter Hart confirmed. At the beginning of the day, I was like, oh, you know, we've talked about how the Blackhawks have a pretty good power play and this could be a sneaky power play spot. But then I realized that the Flyers have the only – redeeming quality the Flyers have really besides Travis Konechny is the penalty kill. So that takes me out on the Blackhawks, really. Like, I have almost no interest in the Blackhawks. On the Flyers' side, I don't know if I really want to stack anything, but if I were, it would be the Frost-Van Riemsdyk line. Otherwise, I think Travis Konechny is still a fine one-off. He's not getting ownership again. Yeah, one. I think the last time the Blackhawks were on the slate, we had a show. One thing we talked about I think that was against Buffalo. One thing we talked about was that Chicago actually does have a good power play and not a good power play for Chicago, like a good power play, just generally speaking, comparing them with other top power plays across the league. Like obviously they're not Buffalo or Dallas or something like that, but they're still pretty good. But like you said, Philly has Philly's penalty kill over the team's last 20 games, the fewest shots against per minute of any team in the league. And like, it's not really close. It's 3.3 shots fewer than Boston. It, like, that's, the only thing that will let the Flyers down on the penalty killers is their, is their goaltending. You know, 
the goaltending is what it is. Um, you know, Carter Hart certainly struggled since his hot start, but um, it's the Chicago Blackhawks. Like, again, this the, the Blackhawks is a side I just don't have interest in. Sometimes I do have interest in, like, a one-off Radish or a one-off Kane or something if, if it's a good power play spot. But this is a bad power play spot for the Blackhawks. I have no interest in their forwards. On the Flyers side, I wrote up Morgan Frost um, in the power plays article today. The top line, uh, well, I call it the top line. It's not really the top line. But Frost, Tippett, and James Van Riemsdyk, almost 100 minutes since Christmas, outplaying the opposition, over 50% by expected goal share. That's pretty good um, for a Flyers team. Um, You know, Owen Tippett has 19 shots in his last five games there's the the lines that the line is split across the two power plays but um you know the, that secondary power play does get some time um it's not you know like a, a a Toronto situation where the top power play almost plays the entire two minutes um so I kind of like that Tippett Frost Van Riemsdyk line uh for the Flyers I was looking at our top stacks tool um before we came on the show 1.8 percent ownership like, you know, they don't have a high top two stack probability, one two one point two percent but they're only 13K. Like, they're one of those cheap filler lines that isn't coming in with a ton of ownership. Um, like, the Kings top line is more than double the ownership. Um, the New Jersey second line that we'll talk about later is a little bit more expensive, but, uh, you know, more than double the ownership. Uh, the St. Louis second line that we'll talk about in a little bit, about the same price, triple the ownership. Like, give me the line that's at home against a very, very bad defensively Chicago team, both at 5-on-5 and on the penalty kill. And I'll I'll take the line that's only 13K on DraftKings um, that has, you know, every player's a part of one of the power play units. Um, I think Philly won that Tippett Van Riemsdyk Frost line. Maybe my favorite filler line on the slate. If not, it's right near the top. So, Tippett, Varian, Reams, like Frost. If you want to use one of the other Flyers lines, I'm not going to say no. I think all the Flyers are definitely in play. Um, but it's Frost, JVR, and Tippett that I like. It's it's a function of their price and their ownership. Yeah, and Hayes coming off a hat trick will probably get a little bit of ownership just by looking at his game log. But Van well, Reams, like that, like Top Stacks has that line over two times the ownership, yeah. and they're virtually the same price. There's a hundred dollars difference. So, and you know they have the Hayes line is a little bit more likely as a top two stack. That'll happen. I'd rather save on the ownership. Yeah, there just isn't a massive discrepancy in the projection of these lines. No, and like the connecting line obviously is going to project the best because Travis Konechny's on it, but they're obviously more expensive. The Frost line to the Hayes line projects very similarly, and you get more guys on the power play. And this is a very good power. It's power a three. Play. It's a three point six total, and the they're not you know, the quote top line is coming in under 2% owned at home. Like it seems like a pretty easy play to me. I agree. It always feels some type of way clicking flyers into your lineup on a 13 game slate, but sometimes you just got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Anyway. I like that. Yeah. Um, Never mind. We don't have time for, for my ridiculousness. We can get you two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum, and your first bet is covered up to $1,000 in first bet insurance when you sign up, make a deposit, and make your first paid wager at BetMGM. Now, here's the important thing here. 
If you live in Ohio, Maryland, Illinois, Kansas, or Louisiana, this deal expires tomorrow and it's not coming back. So take advantage of this while you can. There's no better way to beat the books than taking advantage of these deals. It's one of the best. It, it, it is the best way to do it. So click the link in the description below um, or use promo code platinum sub. But we always prefer you clicking the link in the description below and follow the instructions. If your fir first bet loses, you'll get paid back in site credit equal to the amount of your first wager up to $1,000, $10 minimum for this to work. And then you'll get um, two free months of Stochastic Plus Platinum once your bet settles and you'll get an email from BetMGM about that. Also, the legal age for gambling in most states is 21 plus. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER. Let's move on to the next game. I'm trying to hold in a sneeze here. It is not going too well. Minnesota Wild with a 2.4 total. Going into Carolina, the Hurricanes have a 3.1 total. Marc-Andre Fleury is confirmed. Hurricanes are still still have three goalies on the active roster. Uh, Freddie Anderson is probable in the lineup builder, but I'm sure we'll get news before lock, and it's the 7 p.m. Eastern game there. Looks like uh, Max Pacioretty is back, and he's also on the top power play unit. He'll slide into that top line with Ajo and Jarvis, Sakhalin, Stasny, Natchez, and Svechnikov. The uh, stall line is the stall line. This is just a brutal matchup for Minnesota. Um, this is actually kind of a brutal matchup both ways. Minnesota has been very good defensively. They're also uh, healthy scratching Matt Dumba for uh, Alex Golgoski today. You know, I guess it's a it's a play issue. I, I'm pretty much out on the wild here. If you want to have some Kaprizov, Zuccarello, go for it. This, like, I just do not want top lines going into Carolina. It's just a miserable matchup. If anything, I'm probably going to that um, Pacioretty line, assuming they avoid the draw action neck line. I, I kind of like. I know they send out the the stall line against top comp, and then not like, anymore. No, there's something yeah, about it's been a few games now. They've they've used Aho and Jarvis against the top comp. So, oh well, I'll just take it from there. No, I'm, I'm just gonna say, like, uh, I was mulling it over with a sip of water, and that makes me interested even more in the Pacioretty line. I was gonna like them anyway, but now that if they're gonna go into Kaprizov, Zuccarello, if there is a soft spot, perceived soft spot defensively for that team, it is that steel line. Yeah, um, with Patch Ready back, um, I assume Jarvis Aho and um, Patch Ready will be going out um, against that Zuccarello Steel Kappa's offline. Like I said, the last few games at home, Carolina has been using the stall line against opposing second lines and using the Aho against the top line. I, like, I don't know why, but that's just what they've been doing. So we got to assume that they're going to keep doing it. Um, that Minnesota top line, their defensive numbers have been sliding basically since the first couple weeks of, of Sam Steele getting there. And they played uh, nearly 100 minutes together since Christmas. 2.6 expected goals for, 3.0 expected goals against. That is very poor defensive performance and maybe might be why Matt Dumba's getting scratched because he's not playing that well either. Um What's saving them is is super elite goaltending. Uh, I, I think it's over the last five weeks or six weeks, Minnesota has 
is number one in save percentage at five on five, which is something that blew me away. I would have guessed it was Nashville, um, but Nashville's I think is right behind them. But uh, Philip Gustafson has been playing extremely well of late, but it is Marc-Andre Fleury in net tonight. That changes things a little bit for me. Um, you know, Fleury ha has had some uh, pretty good games recently. He had a real good shutout loss. Uh, against the Rangers, but his season hasn't been that solid, like maybe average at best. Um, and with Pacioretty, Ajo, and Jarvis going into that top line that has been performing poor defensively, that is putting in what I think is their weaker goalie right now anyway, Marc-Andre Fleury, I do, don't mind Ajo, Jarvis, and Pacioretty um, in this matchup. I think it's a good matchup at 5-on-5. Five five. Um, not so much on the penalty kill, Minnesota doesn't take a ton of penalties, but you're getting good leverage with that Carolina line. 6.4% top two stack percentage by our top stacks tool, only 3.4% ownership on DraftKings. Um, so they are coming in with positive leverage. They're one of the, I think they're seventh by positive leverage in the top stacks tool. So I do like Pacioretty, Ajo, and Jarvis. I just worry, you know, is Pacioretty only going to play like 13 minutes as they ease him back in or something like that, you know? Um, maybe Tara Vinen takes some shifts on that line just to kind of spell off Pacioretty. That's one of the things I'm worried about. So uh, if it's something that would concern you, I, I think that's a reason not to play them. But other than that, like Ajo and Jarvis play extremely well together going back to last season. Um, they had a good sample with Pacioretty in his three and a half games when he came back from injury. Um, I do think it's a fine matchup of five on five. For, so Pacioretty, Ajo and Jarvis is the one line that I do have interest in in this game. Yep. I agree with you. Let's move on to the next one, which I'm having trouble wrapping my brain around. That's why we talk about it. Anaheim Ducks with a 2.9 total. Heading into Columbus, the Blue Jackets have a 3.6 total. John Gibson probable. Elvis Merzlikens confirmed. Top line for Columbus is back to Gaudreau, Jenner, Line, and they're getting almost 25% projected ownership here. I guess for good reason, the Ducks are just an abomination defensively. They have a terrible blue line. They have a bad penalty kill. Their goaltending is bipolar. I don't know. Like, I, I just don't – I understand why they're getting that much ownership. But do I want to eat Columbus Blue Jack Jackets chalk on a 13-game slate? I don't know. And then you look on the flip side, the mctavish Henrik terry line – Getting under 5%, just because the Columbus Blue Jackets have a massive total doesn't change the fact that they suck. So, like, I think I actually have more interest on the duck side here. Uh, I mean, I wrote up Johnny Godreau in the picks article because he does project extremely well, right? Like you said, it's a, it's a tremendous matchup. Like, it is a and it, it is an unbelievable unbelievably good matchup but don't forget we also have montreal chicago and arizona on this slate like there are a lot of good matchups here um what i did write about with godro was that um obviously having boone jenner back makes a difference like the expected goals generated goes up like 25 percent um when he's playing with jenner like it's a pretty big difference they're also perfectly correlated on the power play anaheim's penalty kill is bad um, Jesper Bockvist running the top power play for cheap. So he's a cheap defenseman that you can use now. Um, it, it, it's a really good spot for Columbus. There's nothing else to say other than do you want to play him at the ownership that they're likely to come in with? Like you said, 
Um, top line coming in 24.9% on DraftKings. Um, over on FanDuel, 23%. We went through this a couple days ago with Nashville. Um, remember when Nashville just beat this Columbus team 2-1 and almost nobody amongst their forward group did anything uh, noteworthy uh, in DFS? Um, Columbus is in that spot here today. Like it, it's a really good spot for them. They're, they're projecting extremely well. They're perfectly correlated on the power play, all that good stuff that like there's the only reason not to play them is because they could be 25% owned um, in, in certain GPPs. Like that's the reason not to play them. There's 26 teams on this slate. There's probably 50 some playable lines. Um, this is the, this is what this one's coming in at 25%. Um, I think it, if if I if I lose to Boone Jenner getting a three point night here tonight, tip of the cap, I'll wake up tomorrow and go at DFS another day. Um, I'm not I'm not playing twenty five percent Columbus top line. It's just the way it is. I'm with you. A little bit of more interest on the Anaheim side. Two point nine expected goals for um, in their last eighty in their eighty minutes together. That's actually not bad considering how bad this team generally is. Um, perfectly correlated on the power play. Columbus has started taking a few more penalties. Um, Columbus is is the sixth most time shorthanded um, over the last six weeks. So, yes, they are taking a lot more penalties. Um, you get that line perfectly correlated on the power play. I, I'm with you. I think I would rather play, considering um, the ownership that we're seeing on DraftKings, um, I think I would rather play the Anaheim top line than the Columbus top line tonight. Yeah, and I think if you want to, like – avoid that Columbus chalk and still want to play Columbus. I think one off in Kirill Marchenko is fine. He's on the top power plays on the line with Cole Sillinger and Emil Bemstrom, but he is on the top power play. He's 3,400. He's only getting six and a half percent ownership. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com slash renew to learn more. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Seems like he's a pretty good goal scorer, so if you really want to avoid that high chalk and have a one-off on the top power play and a really good power play spot, Kirill Marchenko makes some sense there. But yeah, it's like whenever we get these huge chalky spots on these big slates, like it's just, a, it's a personal tolerance really. If you want to jam in chalk Columbus, you know what I mean? So that's a choice you have to make. I think they're a fine play. If you take out ownership, you factor in ownership. That's a decision you're going to have to make. Let's move on to the next game. New York Islanders with a 2.9 total heading into Buffalo. The Sabres have a 3.1 total. Ilya Sorokin, Uka Pekalukanen confirmed. Oh, no. It's like, why do the Islanders have to have a 2.9 total on the road against Uka Pekalukanen on Ryan Miller night? 
I don't really want to play the Islanders, but Nelson and Lee are in a pretty good spot here. On the flip side, don't I also don't like stacking against Sorokin, but one of these expensive spots, obviously, is the Buffalo top line, and they're getting no ownership whatsoever. Uh, so, you know, if you're MMEing, I would like if I was making 150, I'd make it a note to at least have five percent Buffalo here. They're a line that's you know, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna start calling the matchup proof. Like, yeah, maybe they'll have a bad game here and there, but fully correlated Islanders are just not good defensively. They've been bailed out by their goaltending, which has let them down recently. So I, I do really like Buffalo one here tonight. Yeah, I think Buffalo top line in a perfect spot here with really low ownership and the Islander catching the Islanders on a back-to-back, even if Sorokin is in net. Um, you know, Sorokin certainly had his bad games this year. Like he's had a half dozen games with, uh, you know, four goals or more, maybe five games with four goals or more or something like that. So um, they absolutely can get there. I imagine they're going to go out against the Matt Bars all line a fair bit as well. Um, you know, we don't even know who's playing with Bars Hall because they sent down that William Dufour kid who came up and played like three shifts and then got benched for 40 minutes and then got sent back to the AHL. Um, but Barzal and Bailey without Lee and, and uh, Beauvillier this year, um, 2.8 expected goals against per 60 minutes. That's below league average defensively. Obviously, Ilya Sorokin saving them, so the goals against isn't that bad, but it's it won't be a good defensive line. So I'm with you. I do like Buffalo 1 here. Here's where my problem comes in is they are, uh, like, super expensive. They're the second most expensive line on the slate, depending what you do with Edmonton. They could be the most expensive line on the slate. Um, and this is their eighth game in 13 days. That's a lot of hockey. You know what I mean? Um, you know, eighth game in 13 days, you're facing Ilya Sorokin. You're almost, you know, you're what, um, 47% of the salary cap to use. Like, I get it. I think if I, I'm with you, even if I was playing 20 lineups tonight, I would probably have maybe one or two Buffalo in a single entry. It feels really tough to pay up for them when there are 25 other teams on the slate when they've been playing so much hockey and they're facing one of the best goaltenders in the league. So I like not going to say no to not playing them because they do have tremendous leverage. Um, second most behind Edmonton here. I just think considering they may be running a little bit ragged, they haven't been playing a ton of late, like under 20 minutes per game over their last five games. Um, you know, I, without a ton of ice time facing Sorokin could be tired. I, I think there are reasons to get away from the Buffalo top line here. I do like the Islanders second line, that Bailey, Beauvillier, Nelson line. This is a 2.9 total, right? It's not that far off from what they're offering from Buffalo. Um, you know, 2.9 totals higher than the Dallas Stars have. It's higher than Winnipeg has. It's higher than either the Rangers or the Bruins. Um, they're expecting some goals from the Islanders. Lee and Nelson have been playing have been playing extremely well of late. Um, three four point two expected goals for two expected goals against um, over the last month. That is really really good production. Um, three point eight expected goals for in their last hundred twenty minutes together. They've been generating a ton of offense, just not scoring a lot. Buffalo might be tired. Their penalty kill is certainly still very bad. You get Lee and Nelson on the top power play unit. I think my favorite line in this game is the Lee Nelson Beauvillier line. I think you can leave Beauvillier off if you want. Just go with a two man or add Noah Dobson or something like that. 
But at the very least, I like Lee and Nelson in this matchup. Yeah. It's just... It's... Now I know. Yeah. So let's move on to the next one, which is another... Oof. National Predators with a three total heading into St. Louis. The Blues have a 2.9 total. UC Saros probable. Jordan Bennington confirmed. Blues mixing up their lines. Robert Thomas is now with Brandon Saad and Jordan Kairou. Pavel Buchnevich is now with Braden Shen and Jake Neighbors. Not Jake from State Farm. Jake, your neighbor, who is not as good as Jake from State Farm. Like, with these Blues lines, like, is this a good power play spot? And they just mess up their lines. I don't know. Like, I guess I'd go to the Thomas Kairou Saab line, but, like, like, I get why they changed their lines. Like, Thomas, Buchnevich, Kairou haven't been great over the past few weeks, but I don't know. These iterations don't do much for me. This is a good power play spot, so I guess if you want a power play uh, stack, the Blues, you can. UC Saros has been pretty good of late. On the Nashville side, the top line is Duchesne, Glass, Forsberg. Like, I'm not sure these Blues lines are going to be good defensively. Like, Saad with Thomas and Kairou, like, maybe will help him out defensively a little bit. But, like, and Buchnevich is a good, a very, very good two-way winger. But, like, Shen is awful defensively. Jake Neighbors is a kid. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't see much resistance for this Duchesne-Forsberg pair. They're getting, like, 3%. It's a three total on the road. So, like... As much as I hate Chalk Nashville, I don't mind them at lower ownership in this spot. I am glad you said that because I do like Nashville as well. Um, they're another line I wrote up in the picks article. Uh, with Forsberg and Duchesne on the ice, even with Grandland this year, and we've definitely done our fair sl- slandering of Grandland, um, 3.1 expected goals for 55% of the expected goal share. It's better than anything St. Louis will be able to do. Um Glass, you know, we've been extolling Glass's virtues here for quite a while now. He's pretty much had a career renaissance, and he's reestablished himself not only as an NHLer, but could be a productive, like, middle six type forward as well. Um, He's in a very cushy spot with Forsberg and Duchesne. They're not – and you're right. When they're super chalk a couple games ago, I did not want to play them, but they're not chalk here today. 3.3% ownership per the top stacks tool. They also have a higher top two stack probability than the Jack Hughes line from New Jersey, the Minnesota top line we just talked about, either of the Boston lines that we skipped over, um, you know, Detroit top line, Tampa second line. Like, there are a lot of good lines that um, this Nashville uh, Forsberg-Duchene-Glass line is projecting better than because St. Louis is pretty bad defensively. Cairo and Sad don't really have much of a sample together, break even by expected goal share in about 50 minutes together. It's not really enough to determine anything, but um, they're not playing that well. Um, the same thing goes for Buchnevich and Shen and maybe double the, the, the sample. So, like, maybe they can be average, which I think is the best St. Louis can ask for at this point. And, you know, uh, Glass... Uh, Duchesne and Forsberg split across two different power play units, but this isn't a good power play spot. You don't stack against St. Louis because of the power play. Like St. Louis is the least penalized team in the league. Um, I do like Duchesne, Glass, and Forsberg here today. They're not 
overly expensive at 15-3. They're not, you know, you can still stack a pretty decent line with them. Like you can still put like a, a Tampa Bay or a Florida stack or, or, you know, certainly Carolina or something like that. So um, it's Nashville top line I like best in this game. Honestly, I think with St. Louis, I don't mind one-offing some guys. Like I don't mind a one-off Brandon Saad now that he's playing with Thomas and Cairo. Like that's a pretty good duo to be playing with. And Saad's on like a 29-goal pace on his own. Like he's having a good offensive season. Um, so like one-offing him. If you need a Stoneman pun, Jake Neighbors, I think, is fine as a one-off. Um, considering once you go into the second and third lines from Nashville, there isn't a tough matchup there to be had. So, you know, I think he's fine if you need a Stoneman winger. But I don't think I'm stacking anything from St. Louis. Yeah, me either. As we mentioned off the top, we are sponsored by Prize Picks. Click the link in the description below to get one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to a $100 deposit match bonus when you sign up and make a deposit with Prize Picks. It's a daily prop based contest. There's no sharks, optimizers, or mass entries, which is good for me because I don't know how to copy and paste from Excel, although I have done it success- successfully twice. You can use a five-player lineup, up to a five-player lineup that can net you your 10, up to 10x your entry fee. Could not spit that out. Use your knowledge of multiple sports with cross-sports entries. Uh, If you like NBA, you can do it with NBA and NHL. There's NFL playoffs. There's UFC this weekend. So, yeah, you can mix and match there. Um, So, yeah, click the link in the description below. Get your one free month Stochastic Plus Platinum and up to $100 deposit match bonus. And you sign up. And don't forget, no, I just want to jump in real quick. There is a player prop tool that we have at Stochastic that you can use for your prize picks. So it can help you pick the best um, prize picks options that are available. You know, today we have Brent Burns, Pavel Buchnevich, Matt Duchesne uh, for shots on goal over and unders. Um, Just a nice little tool to have that you can use alongside your prize picks uh, to try to get the best edge that you can. There you go. That tool, I use that tool a lot as well. Should have mentioned it. That's why Cliffy is here. Josh Josh loves using his tools. I, I love having Stochastic's tools behind me. <laughs> Let's move on to the next one. <sighs> Tampa Bay Lightning with a 3.2 total. Heading into Edmonton, the Oilers have a 3.3 total. Lightning back-to-back on the road. But um, Moose, Brian Elliott won last night, who was out of his mind, by the way. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is going to probably start tonight. Jack Campbell is confirmed. Now, the interesting – I don't know if I'd call it interesting. The troubling thing here is the top line for Edmonton. Now, McDavid and Dreisaitl were together all of last game, but then Hyman saw some shifts there. Kane saw some shifts there. They practiced with Kane up there. So I'm assuming that Dreisaitl, McDavid, Kane are going to start, whether that sticks is another scenario. Kane isn't on the top power play unit, but McDavid and, and Dreisaitl generally play the full two minutes and Kane will come on and play with them. So, like, I guess you could full stack them. If it is Kane up there, they're 24-7. If it is Hyman up there, they're 25-2 on DraftKings. Um, not much ownership here. Not the best matchup, I would say, but again... This is Edmonton we're talking about here. McDavid, it, play, McDavid and Drysaddle play so much that they're not always going to have a tough five-on-five matchup. Like they'll get out there against Vladislav Nemestikov or Corey Perry. You know what I mean? So like, 
I don't know. I, I kind of like the Edmonton top line here. And again, they're the most expensive spot on the night. So there is a ton of positive leverage on there. On the flip side, Jack Campbell in net. Edmonton Oilers just not great defensively. I don't mind going back to this um, Tampa power play where there's no ownership. Yeah. Um, to your point about the Edmonton lines, they did have Evander Kane on the top line in practice yesterday, but they also had uh, Zach Hyman on the top line in practice the game before that. And this is what Edmonton did in their last game. They started with McDavid playing with Warren Fogle and Evander Kane on his wing. That lasted one shift. And then Drysidle and Hyman were put together with McDavid for one shift. And then McDavid went and played with Derek Ryan and Evander Kane for one shift. And then Derek Ryan and Warren Fogle went and played with McDavid for one shift. And then after that, McDavid, Drysidle, and Hyman played four shifts together. And then McDavid, Drysidle, and Kane played three shifts or four shifts together. And then McDavid, Kane, and Ryan played two shifts together. And then McDavid, Drysidle, and Kane had another. Like McDavid and Drysidle had like five different wingers alongside them. And I think three different wingers had at least um, four shifts with them. When they run 11-7, it's just going to be a rotating cast of guys on the top line. So you don't have to go out and play Evander Kane. You can play Zach Hyman. You can throw in a cheap guy like a Derek Ryan if you want. Um, you can even go, uh, you know, again, go triple center or whatever and put in Ryan Nugent Hawkins for power play stacking. Um they just are really, really expensive, not coming in with much ownership, not really a great matchup either. That Tampa top line, you know, league average defensively of late, which isn't good, but it's certainly not bad. And they've been generating a ton of offense, which means they're really carrying the play at five on five when they're on the ice, or at least they have been since Christmas. 4.5 expected goals for and only 2.6 against. I don't really have a problem with playing Edmonton here, but I'm going to be honest, considering the ownership rates, I would probably rather just play Tampa Bay back-to-back um, -back on the other side. Point Kucherov and Hagel, as you mentioned, coming in uh, with almost no ownership on DraftKings here today, under 1%. Um, they're not they're expensive, 20800 but not super expensive. Perfectly correlated on the power play. Edmonton is one of the most penalized teams in the league. I think they're sixth or seventh at this point. Um, their penalty kill is still awful. The Tampa Bay power play has really come alive over the last month. Um, you know, I'll never say don't play McDavid or Drysdale. You can play them literally any slate, literally any matchup. I just think factoring in the cost, factoring in the matchup, factoring in the ownership, I'd rather play the Tampa top line on the other side. Yep. It's an interesting game. Yeah. I kind of like playing both sides here. But again, Edmonton, they do weird things. Let's move on to the next one. Washington Capitals with a 3.5 total heading into Arizona. The Coyotes have a 2.5 total. Darcy Kemper probable. Carol Vimelka confirmed. I, uh, I don't know what Lavalette's doing with his lines. Like, your guess is as good as mine. Strom and Ovechkin's with Nikolai Abe Kubel. Uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov is on the fourth line. Eller is centering Oshi and Shiri. Sonny Milano and Tom Wilson with Backstrom. I guess they're trying to make them four playable lines, I guess. 
it's kind of a pain in the tuchus for DFS. Um, this is a very good power play spot, though. Ovechkin's not getting a ton of ownership. You could one off Ovechkin here. You could bring him along with an Oshi or a Kuznetsov or a Gustafson. But like, I, I like getting to some Washington tier. On the flip side, I, I don't have a ton of interest in the Coyotes. If you want to get to a little bit of that top line in MME, I think that's fine. Yeah, um, I do like the Washington side. I'm with you. It is a really good power play spot. Like you said, 3.7 times shorthanded per game, the second most in the NHL. Um, power plays given to the opponent just behind Florida. Penalty kills still really, really bad. Um, Arizona giving up the third most shots against on the PK over the last six weeks, uh, the most goals against per minute on the PK over the last six weeks. So really good spot for Washington. Um, as you mentioned, the problem here is Washington's top power play unit, their four forwards, are spread across four different lines. So if you want to stack the Washington power play, you have to stack across lines, but that's just fine in a matchup against Arizona. I don't think there's a problem um, stacking across lines. I think the way the way I would go is probably putting in Backstrom just because he's so much cheaper than Evgeny Kuznetsov. Um, but I don't think Kuznetsov is going to come in with any ownership here. So I don't mind using him with Ovechkin um, if you want to. Uh, it is the Washington power play guys that I would focus on here. Not only because it's a great power play spot, but because I don't have a ton of confidence that the even strength lines stay together. Like, you know, Nicholas Obey, Nicholas Obey Kubel got Boone Jenner last game. Like, right? He was, I think it was the final shift of the second period. He was moved off the top line and then kept off the top line for the rest of the game. Like, you're right. He's doing this to try to give them four playable lines, but you don't need that. It's the Arizona Coyotes. Um, you just need to mix, you just need to find good chemistry for your lines for the second half of the season to make sure you make the playoffs, but I'm not a coach. He is, um, I would just focus on the power play guys here. I don't have a lot of confidence that the even strength lines will stay together. So, uh, you know, two man Ovechkin and Backstrom Ovechkin, Kuznetsov, something like that. That's the way I would go here. Um, no real interest in the Arizona side. Um, Second line is really not playing that well. The top line is still playing well, but it's not really a good matchup. Washington doesn't take very many penalties. Um, Arizona's doesn't live on the power play, certainly, certainly not since Chicken returned. Um, but they, you know, for what meager offense they do produce, they do need some power play to get there. It's not really a good power play spot for them. So if you want to one off some guys like Barrett Hayden, still really cheap, getting a lot of ice time, I think he's one offable. Um, you know, Lawson Krause is getting a little bit too expensive for that, but um, some one-offs maybe from Arizona, but it's the Washington power play that I'm, I'm focusing on here. Detroit Red Wings with a 2.9 total heading into Vegas. The Golden Knights have a 3.6 total. Billy Huso and Aiden Hill are confirmed. I was kind of surprised to see the, the Wings have a 2.9 total. Uh, the top line fully correlated Bertuzzi, Larkin, Raymond. Not a huge fan of stacking against Vegas. But they are banged up. There's no Stone, uh, Aiden Hill in that, not Logan Thompson. Do you have any interest in the Detroit top line here tonight? I do because Vegas is so banged up right now. Um, they are still missing Shea Theodore, obviously. Um, that's a big loss off the blue line. They're still missing Zach Whitecloud, who I think is probably their best defensive defenseman. Um, that's a big loss. Obviously, not having Mark Stone is a pretty big deal here. Um, you know, we talked about it on the last show, how Stone 
really is the engine of the offense um, on this on this team. It's not um, it's not Jack Eichel. It's Stone. He's been really um, excellent at producing uh, scoring chance or creating scoring chances. Sorry for his teammates. Like Jack Eichel this year without Mark Stone beside him, two point six expected goals for. That's basically league average. He's been league average offensively, at least by expected goals without Mark Stone. I can't imagine Phil to throw Kessel at the age of 37 or whatever he is now is going to help much. Um, Chandler Stevenson's a good two-way playmaker type, um, but you can't rely on him to replace Mark Stone in any sense. Like, I don't think that's going to be a very good line for Vegas. The Vegas second line also has not been playing that well recently. Not a huge sample, but about 60 minutes over the last four weeks, below average by expected goal share, below average by Corsi share or shot attempt share, I should say. Not really not playing that well. I'm out on Vegas. You said you were shocked to see Detroit with a 2.9 total. I'm shocked to see Vegas with a 3.6 total. That's fair. I don't think I think the loss of Mark Stone with all the defensemen that they're missing. I haven't seen anything about Alec Martinez either. He left their last game. I don't know if you've seen anything, but he might be out as well here again tonight. Like they might honestly be down at least three regular defensemen plus Mark Stone plus Aiden Hills in net. Like, come on. I, again, I don't really like the Vegas side at all here. I think this is one of the high totals. I don't have any interest in personally, not amongst the forwards. It is Bertuzzi, uh, Larkin and Raymond that I would have interest in. They're still really, really cheap. Um, they're not coming in with any ownership, about two and a half percent per the top stacks tool. I don't really care which matchup they get at this point. Neither of the Vegas lines are going to be that good or, you know, Vegas two is probably going to work themselves out of it, but, um, certainly not playing well right now. I don't have a lot of interest stacking either side. I'm going to be honest, but if you ask me to pick one line out of this game, it's the Detroit top line for me. And it's really not that close. I think you just talked me into some Detroit. Nice. Um, as uh, we mentioned at the beginning of the show, Jake and I had some pretty good nights last night, and we used the stochastic tools. And if you're interested in trying out those tools, we can get you a five-day free trial of everything we have to offer for NHL. Uh, projections, ownership, top stacks, rankings, Discord, Avery laughing. Um whatever you want. I think the discord is very invaluable. We go over lines and all that kind of stuff. The top stacks tool is great. The lineup builder is how we go. The lineup builder is how we go through the show and all that. So yeah, click the link in the description below, get access to a five day free trial. It'll take you through to the middle of next week. Five big slates. There's a big slate tonight. Obviously there's a big slate on Saturday. I would imagine there's going to be another big slate on Tuesday. So you'll get access to all of those. Let's move on to the final two games of the night. New Jersey Devils with a 3.4 total heading into Seattle. The Kraken have a 3.1 total. Vitek Vanacek is probable. Senor Fiesta, I don't have the horn. or, <laughs> But Marty Jones is confirmed. Justin Schultz is out tonight. Uh, Carson Soucy taking his spot on the power play. Our boy, he is Min Price. This is interesting. Like, there is not much ownership on either side here, but it is a six and a half total. 
Gord Tolvin and Bjorkstrand still wildly cheap. Uh, they're getting the most ownership of any of the Seattle lines. Uh, they're a good filler. I don't know if you need to be that cheap. Um, with not a ton of expensive lines on the spot slate, but if you are going Edmonton or you are going, you know, Buffalo, I think, you know, the Seattle line is one of the ones that you can use on the devil side. Like this is interesting because plot Hughes to tar not getting any ownership. Brad, he sure not getting any ownership. I don't think those are the lines. No. So, well, anyway, just, Forget the lines, lineup builders off. What I'm what I'm saying is the Devils aren't getting a ton of ownership. Seattle's pretty good five on five, but you know their goaltending has been awful. So, do you have any interest in the Devils? Uh, yeah, I do. The top line at practice yesterday was Palat, Hisher with Jesper Bratt, and then Halla, Hughes, and Mercer with Tatar down on the third line. Um, but Tatar still power play one. So, um, where you're facing the Seattle Kraken that have a really really bad penalty kill. Um, you know, over the last six weeks, uh, Seattle seventh most shots against while on the PK, ninth most goals against per 60 minutes while on the PK. Seattle has a bad penalty kill. Um, Tatar, like I said, still power play one. So he's definitely still playable. I wrote up Jack Hughes in the pick in the picks article today. The guy has 22 goals in his last 24 games, which is just absolutely insane. Like that's Austin Matthews back in the bubble season uh, towards the end of the year. I think it was a bubble season when he did that, but um, just an unbelievable tear that Hughes is on. It's some sort of devil's power play stack that I like here. Like Andre Palat's really not pl- playing a lot per game. Um, not sure if people have noticed since he returned from injury, uh, but a lot of like 11, 13, 12, 14 minute games, like you can get there with that ice time at his price. But I, honestly, I'd rather just pay $500 more for uh, Tatar on the power play. Um, so I, I I think on the New Jersey side it's it's probably some sort of power play stack that I like best on the double side because I I really don't want to play Tatar I don't want to play Eric Halla like I don't want to play Dawson Mercer it's it, I want to focus on a bad Seattle penalty kill so like I think you can double center like Hughes Hughes and Hisher and then throw in Brad if you want I think you can just do like Hughes Brad Tatar in a stack across three lines if you want um, Seattle has been using Gordon Tolman in as the shutdown line since the Schwartz injury, Schwartz is out again here tonight. So they'll probably go out against Hishier and Brat. That'll leave Hughes against some Seattle lines that quite frankly, aren't good defensively. And the Seattle goaltending has been very inconsistent this year. So I think it's some sort of devil's power play stack. I like the best. Honestly, I'm not playing Seattle. Like their percentages are going to have to crash at some point. I know there's not a ton of ownership on them, so if you want to play them because there's not a lot of ownership, I think that's fine. Um, Alex Wenberg's numbers without Schwartz on his wing this year are really bad, like 45% expected goal share bad. The Beneers, Eberle, Burakovsky line, 3.1 expected goals against, but shooting over 18%, so they're looking good. It's the New Jersey side I like here. I think I'm out on Seattle. Let's get to the last game of the night, the Dallas Stars with a 2.8 total. Heading into Los Angeles, the Kings have a 3.2 total. Dallas played last night. Uh, Jake Ottinger played. So Scott Wedgwood is probable. Phoenix Copley confirmed. I kind of have interest in this Velarde Fiala line again. Um, that top line is going to be. Good. What was that? 
Vlardy's out. So we don't know exactly what the Kings lines are going to be, but practice okay, yesterday okay. had Fiala back on the top line with Kopitar and Kempe. And both Velarde and um, Carl Grundstrom are out. So I think the best guess is Kopitar, Kempe, Fiala. Um, I have followed Deneau, uh and Arvidsson after that. Yeah, so there goes my interest really on the Kings. I guess you could go to that top line, uh, especially with Wedgwood and Net. I just, you know, I think there's better spots on the Dallas side, back-to-back on the road, end of a long road trip, like, with hints out for his what like eighth straight game or fifth straight game something like that i just don't have too much interest interest in the stars yeah the kings using the deno line quite a bit as a shutdown line two expected goals against um 1.4 actual goals against that's what pavelski and um robertson are going into copley's been playing well it's just a really really bad matchup at five on five for dallas so they have to get there on the power play no hints on the power play the Dallas top power play unit over the last couple seasons, their shot attempts go up 40% with rope hints. Like he's a pretty big cog on that top PP unit. I'm out on the stars. If anything on the Kings, it would be that Kopitar, Kempe, Fiala line. They do have played well offensively at times this year. They're going to get the second line uh, from Dallas, which has been pretty leaky defensively. 3.3 expected goals against since December 1st for that Dallas second line. So Kings top line, I think is the only thing that I like in this game. Good offensive numbers going back this season. Good matchup at five on five. Dallas has a pretty good penalty kill, but they are above average by uh, penalties taken. So Kings won for me, uh, but they are coming in with a little bit of ownership because um, they're not super expensive, but it's Kings one here. Coming up after us, no house advantage NBA Thursday NBA show at 3:30 with Neil and Terry. 150 of you in here, please smash that like button. It helps us bring you free shows as much as possible. Let's talk a little bit about D men. For such a big slate, there aren't many punt defensemen that I really like. I have a list here. I will mention them. Carson Susie, Min Price taking over that secondary power play unit. Like, okay, it's fine. He's Min Price. Um Essel Lindell, 3,400. It's not exactly a full punt, but don't mind him. Nick Haig, 3,600. Our boy, Jake Wallman's kind of mid-range at 4,200. Peak for Columbus at 2,800 if you don't want to use Bakwell for 3K. Um, Owen Power and Henry Jokey Haru for Buffalo and Carrier for uh, Nashville. And another mid-range is Brett Pesci, who should still be power play one. Yeah, I'll mention um, Jonas Brodeen as well. With Matt Dumba as a healthy scratch, I think Brodeen has a pretty good chance to see some more minutes, and he's been blocking a lot of shots this year. He could be a source of a block shot bonus on DraftKings and obviously can get on the score sheet as well. Um, he's reasonably good offensively. Um, Yanni Hockenpah still playing 19 to 20 minutes for Dallas, 2,600. He's another guy that can get to the block bonus. Um, Dmitry Orlov is a guy I wrote up in the – in the picks article, um, even with most of their defensemen back, except for John Carlson and without top power playing one minutes, Orloff still leads them in ice time playing 23 to 24 minutes a game. Um, I think he's one of those mid fours guys that I would like along with Jake Wallman. Uh, if you want to pay up Aaron Eckblad, obviously in a really great spot, both five on five and on the penalty kill for Florida, 
you want to get a little bit different going back to Victor Hedman uh, for the Tampa power play spot, I think is one way to do it, but it's Noah Dobson. I kind of like here um, very reasonably priced. Um, the Buffalo penalty kill is really bad and Dobson can do more than just score. He can block shot. Like he has like, I think he has seven shot bonuses and nine, nine block bonuses this year from DraftKings. So he can bring it across the board. Don't mind him if you want to pay up. Yeah, I forgot to mention Yanni Hockenpah. I played Hockenpah last night. Only one shot on goal, but we forgive you, Hockenpah. Um, lots of goalies on the slate. Lots of cheap options on DraftKings. Uh, who are you liking? Yeah, I'm not paying up on DraftKings. I don't really see the need. Like, there's a triumvirate of goalies at 7,400 or less. Uh, Shesterk and Saros or Sorokin. All elite goalies, all not really in terrible spots. I know facing Boston isn't great uh, for Shesterkin, but, you know, Boston's back-to-back on the road. Shesterkin's really been playing well. Um, you know, obviously, Saros is there, Sorokin. Um, he's, he can shut down anybody. So, I think it, it, those are three cheap-ish goalies that you can use. Um, if you don't want to play Sorokin, I think Pekka Lukanen on the other side for Buffalo makes a little bit of sense. Marc-Andre Fleury, 7,100. I really wish Gustafson was starting, but Carolina, um, you know, they do take a ton of shots. They do take a lot of shots from the point, which is something that I raised um, in our Discord yesterday. And if you want to get really cheap and get really wild, uh, slamming Sammy Montembeau uh, for Montreal at 6,900 on DraftKings. He's going to see a lot of volume. He's been playing well lately. Yep, Connor Halbach, also 7,100. I think you mentioned him, but just reiterating. Yeah, no, uh, I think I forgot him, but yeah, thanks for adding that. Yeah. Also, don't mind if you if you really want to, you know, go for it here. Andre Vasilevsky, also 7,500. Should she see a fair volume as well? Uh, who are you liking for your hat trick pick? This is a big slate. Yeah, and I'm going to go uh, not way off the board, but a little off the board. I'm going with Owen Tippett. Nice. Uh, I'm going to go Tyler Bertuzzi. Ooh, that would be something against Vegas. I like. I wasn't sure who I was going to go with, and he just popped into my head. Instead of me scrolling for 38 seconds like an idiot looking for a name, I just blurted out Tyler Bertuzzi. So for Slim Cliffy, I am Josh. We will be back Saturday morning. Great NHL scheduling, by the way. 13 games today to tomorrow. So we will be back Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Eastern. I look forward to that. Make sure you smash that like button on your way out. We'll see you in Discord, and good luck, everybody. Good luck, everyone. Did you miss your deadline to renew your Medicaid coverage? You can still send your completed annual review form to Healthy Connections Medicaid. You may be assigned to another health plan, but you can ask to come back to First Choice within 60 days of renewed Medicaid eligibility. It's your family. It's your choice. First Choice is the right choice. Renew and choose us. Visit selecthealthofsc.com renew to learn more. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.